You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. It's the start of a new season, season four, episode one. I'm KC, I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to this new season of the Sega Lounge. It's going to be an amazing one, I promise, especially since we have so much new stuff to do and to show you guys in this new season. So before we get into it, let me just uh, let you know and remind you that you can join us on Discord, radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Don't forget to join us on there and just, you know, generally chat with uh, everyone who is there and who is listening to the show. Or you can also send us a tweet at Radio Sega using the hashtag the Sega Lounge if you have anything to say. So, um, and this season we'd like to get as much feedback from you guys as possible. Um, I'm. Let me just share our uh, general plans for for season four of the show. So it's going to be a little bit different than last year or the previous seasons. Um, so instead of just having interviews and uh, just having the Sega Lounge Challenge as per usual, we'll have different kinds of episodes every now and then in Season 4. So the plan is to have uh, Season 4 uh, split into different phases. Um, why? Because, uh, because of time constraints mostly, and also because it would be interesting if we could have uh, one whole season of the Sega Lounge that you know, would um, be airing throughout the entire year of 2017, or most of the year of 2017. And so what we'll do is we'll have two or three different phases of the show, perhaps. So this first one will go until April or May, and we'll take a quick break, come back uh, a couple of months later, then take another break and then, you know, do the rest of the show. That way we'll cover as many new releases that Sega will have this year, we'll cover as much news as possible and also we'll try to get as many interesting guests as we can, both from the community and the industry. So if you have any one you'd like us to, uh, to invite on the Sega Lounge and interview, let me know, send me an email to kc at radiosega.net or send me a private message on Discord. I'm KC over there. Let me know your suggestions. Let me know who you'd like to who you'd like me to interview on the Sega Lounge. That being said, from time to time we'll have different kinds of episodes like this one. This is the first RT episode. Not retweet but roundtable episode of the Sega Lounge. So every now and then I'm going to invite some of uh, my friends from the community and we'll talk about a Sega-related subject. This week it's the first RT episode, so we'll have Chris Powell, editor of Sega Nerds and the Megavisions magazine. We'll have a Resu, our own Resu from Radio Sega. We'll have Ryan from uh, a little podcast called Nintendo Fun Club Podcast. 
Yes, that's right. But he's also a big Sega fan, and so he'll be bring an interesting perspective to the discussion. So everyone will be talking about Sega's year of 2016, uh, what we thought about that, and our expectations towards uh, the next or this year, 2017. What will happen in the world of Sega and Atlas? You're more than welcome to share your opinions on Discord as well. So let us know as the discussion, you know, progresses. Let us know what you're thinking. If you agree, if you disagree, let us know and what your expectations towards 2017 uh, are when it comes to Sega games and Atlas games. That being said. We also have a bunch of new segments, and we're hoping to have more as the season progresses. Uh, so this time, this uh, instead of just doing the news uh, ourselves, or myself and my uh, co-host, uh, this time we hired a news correspondent. A news correspondent who is none other than our own Shedded. So Shedded will be doing the news desk segment every week on the Sega Lounge and he'll be recording the most important news of the week for you guys and he'll uh, let you know what's been going on in the world of Sega. So without further ado, let's get on with that. Let's get on with the news desk with Shedded. News desk. Hello and welcome to the Sega News of the Week. To start off with a bang, details about the Nintendo Switch were revealed in early January, and with it, a list of games that are going to be released during the year. Sega has announced that they are very committed to launching games onto the Switch, and during the presentation, Puyo Puyo Tetris and Sonic Mania were slated as games that will release this year. Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap was also announced for the Switch, according to their developer's LizardQ. Although the Switch has some releases coming up this year, the Dreamcast era is still getting some love, as popular developer Hukos Games has announced that their shoot-em-up Ghostblade is being remastered into high definition and released to Steam, PS4, Xbox One and the Wii U. Coming off the news of the pre-orders of Shenmue 3 on December of last year, it's been found that the domain ShenmueHD.com has been registered by Sega of Europe and it's been so since September. Could this be a sign of a modern release of both games? But as far as January goes, those are the biggest announcements, because we also had some huge Sega games being released, such as Yakuza 0. It became the 8th best-selling game in the country, a record for the franchise. The game was heavily praised in its reviews, and there is more content coming. Sega has announced last week that they will be releasing patches and new content for the game, two of which that are now available. These include crafting pods and karaoke outfits for Kiryu and Majima, to look even fancier as you get to the top. Also released in January, Hatsune Miku Project Diva Future Tone has released for PS4, with the biggest song library in the Project Diva game to date, with over 220 songs available. These are also divided in two different packs, Colorful Tone and Future Sound, both available separately. And now, exciting news for developers! Yut Saito, the creator of the Seaman series, will give a post-mortem of it at the 2017 edition of the Game Developers Conference, according to its staff. He will discuss how Seaman left a mark on the fabric of the game industry and pop culture in an hour-long Q&A session. 
The Game Developers Conference 2017 will occur from the 27th of February to the 3rd of March in San Francisco. And if you're itching for some work or training tunes, if you're not able to listen to Radio Sega of course, Sega has uploaded several soundtracks to Spotify, including games like Fantasy Zone, Outrun, Golden Axe, Jet Set Radio, and more. <laughs> Lastly, still fresh from its 25th anniversary, Cook and Wrecker has released details for the Sonic the Hedgehog 25th Anniversary Artbook Collector's Edition, where it honors the gaming icon with a book detailing the art and visuals of its universe, as detailed by Sonic Team members of present and past, like Yuji Naka, Takashi Izuka, and Yuji Urikawa. This is a limited run with 2,500 copies available. And that's it for the latest news. I'm Shadded, and you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at DarkwindPT, and I'll see you all next week. So that was our sweet soul brother Shadded with the news desk. I hope you enjoyed this new segment. Let us know uh, how. Uh, let us know your feedback about uh, this this week's show and how we're doing things. If we wanted to, uh, want us to do things differently, anything anything you want to share with us, we're uh, all ears and let us know in Discord or by email to kc at radiosega.net. Yes, so we have a very interesting show for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get on with the roundtable discussion. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I hope you enjoy. Let us know your thoughts on the subject. But we also have a few other segments like Memories of Sega and a new one coming up in between segments and between parts of the roundtable discussion. So stay tuned. Welcome to Season 4 of the Sega Lounge. Enjoy some music now.
This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. And this week we have a very different kind of episode. This is our first uh, actual roundtable on the Sega Lounge. And so we've invited some very special guests some awesome people to join us so why don't we you know go around the table and you can you guys can just introduce yourself so first up let's go with uh people outside of radio sega our guests our actual guests let's start with chris hello how's it going i'm chris the editor at sega nerds and megavisions magazine awesome welcome and we have ryan Hi, um, I have a Nintendo podcast. I don't know if that's okay to say here. Um, are, are we cool? It's called uh, Nintendo Fun Club Podcast, and we talk about Sega a lot. I love Sega. Awesome. <laughs> he's he's kind of afraid there. You know, I love Sega. Please don't kill me. Uh, and welcome. And we have a winner with you. Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's good to be here again. Yeah. I'm uh, always happy yeah, always, to be doing these things. Always awesome to have you on the show. So, guys, welcome welcome to the, th- the Sega Lounge. Um, this time, I wanted to do something different. So, every so often, we'll have uh, a roundtable episode wh- when we, we discuss something that is, you know, kind of relevant to Sega, to the, the Sega community. And since I know most uh, most other websites and, you know, media outlets have done this already but uh, we here at Radio Sega haven't actually had you know a, a balance of 2016 what happened in Sega so I thought I'd uh, invite you guys to just you know share some some thoughts your opinions on how uh, 2016 went for for Sega what you guys are expecting from Sega and Atlas in, in 2017 and all of that, your uh, favorite games, your worst games of the year, or your most anticipated games for, for this year as well. So I thought that would be interesting. So I thought we would start with, you know, with your own thoughts on how 2016 went for both Sega and Atlas. So who'd like to go for it first? I'll go. Um, I was was pretty happy um, with Sega's output in 2016. Um, I had a lot of fun with um, Seventh Dragon 3 um, on 3DS. That seemed like a minor miracle that that got localized. <laughs> um, and the Sega 3D Classics collection, getting the first one of those in North America on 3DS was awesome. And um, and then at the end of the year, we got the um, the third collection in Japan, so um, which has a, a bunch of great games, Thunder Force 3 and um, Turbo Outrun and stuff like that. So, um, you know, add that to the announcements of like Sonic Mania and Sonic 2017, um, all the Yakuza news. I thought it was a pretty good year. Yeah, I think Sega did a good job of of getting people excited uh, for its upcoming games. Uh, during 2016, 
when it was a year that they really didn't release all all that much, especially w- when you compare it to years past, like in 2015 and 2014. Uh, but they actually did release quite a bit on on the PC side of things. It was uh, Football Manager, uh, Warhammer Total War, Total War Arena. Uh, I didn't play many of those games, but I've heard really good things about those. So uh, I think Sega was really strong on the PC side of things, whereas they, they weren't really releasing a whole lot uh, on the console side. I mean, we had a Hatsune Miku... Um, game and there was a few others so i thought you know overall uh, especially compared to years past their um, portfolio games that past year was 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 fairly weak uh, overall but like i was just saying I, I think they did a good job of, of setting themselves up uh heading into the new year especially in the last quarter uh, of the year so i I'm, I'm really excited uh for what sega has in store and overall i think they i think they had an okay year last year mm-hmm. yeah i yeah, I, I think they did pretty well. Um, again, I think... Actually, I only really bought two Sega games last year. Um, Valkyria Chronicles Remastered and um, the 3D Classics Collection for 3DS. But, you know, they have, they have uh, been sort of very busy. I mean, again, we've had all the, all the Yakuza localizations, And that, that's pretty much one of the big ones. Uh, of course, Seventh Dragon coming out. And uh, I still need to get that at some point, mind. Of course, we've got all the Atlas stuff. Um... Of course, they've been publishing King of Fighters for uh, yeah, King of Fighters fourteen. Mm. All the of course got Persona five out in Japan. And we, uh, oh yeah, uh, Shin Megami Tensei uh, four Apocalypse came out as well, mm-hmm. and that uh, all got to Western release. So um, uh, yeah, so basically, we what we've had is Sonic's twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, of course, was a very big thing, and. Um, and uh, let's see, Sonic Mania is looking great, and I really hope <laughs> Sonic uh, 2017 will be a big improvement as a uh, anniversary sort of game. Now, let's just hope that's not another Sonic 06. <laughs> and uh, y- yes, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think they've had a decent year, and I think as Chris has said, you know, they've pretty much put most of their focus in going into the new year. So yeah, and yes, this mm-hmm. year does look to be a very strong one. Of course, we're also getting Valkyria Chronicles Revolution as well. That's or Valkyria Revolutions, I think. Yeah. yeah so yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be out uh, this year as well, which is great news. So yes, I think it's a very good year for um, sort of a sort of niche franchises of Sega, which you know do have a cult following, and uh, people have been wanting uh, to see more of in the West. So yes, I think we're seeing more of those, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, I think I think you guys make a fair point when you say that uh, Sega, you know, uh, probably used 2016 to build up expectation towards 2017. You know, with even with the, I I wouldn't say they they, they released a um, few games, but yeah, when compared to other years and since we didn't have uh, you know a main uh, Sega game this year or Sonic game actually this year apart from Fire and Ice, which wasn't that bad. Actually, Sonic Boom Fire and Ice. Not sure if you guys played it, but... Oh, I totally sure. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Point, point, point taken, yeah. So, so yeah, but, but it wasn't that, that, that bad. It was actually a, a pretty decent and enjoyable game, but uh, it wasn't probably what people were expecting for Sonic's 25th anniversary, obviously, right? right? Uh, so that's obviously Sonic Mania and... Let's see what happens with Project 2017. But I think you make a fair point when you say that Seg was, you know, building expectation towards the this year, 
with with uh, last week's releases. But I, I think, and as Ryan said, um, the release of Seventh Dragon 3 was actually a big thing because it's the first in the series to get localized and released uh, in the West. So that's that's actually a, a major thing. Um, and yeah, and there was actually a few uh, Atlas games. Have you guys played any Atlas games last year? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about getting King of Fighters 14, but you know, I'm kind of waiting for that to come down in prices. I'm not really a major fighting game person, but you know, it's what I'm thinking of trekking out. Mm-hmm. I feel bad not picking that up because I felt like I should have. Uh supported it out of principle just to, to say hey bring us more of this kind of stuff and I, it was it was kind of interesting uh, that 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 even happened really that I, I don't I can't remember a time where Sega or Atlas has has worked with SNK like that uh, to, to be able to publish one of their games maybe I'm wrong but uh, I don't remember a time when they've done that so I, I'd like that I, I hopefully that that relationship will continue to grow I'd like to see them do some more work together uh, you know this this upcoming year Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. I, I bought King of Fighters 14. Um, I got the, the collector's edition, um, and I think it's fantastic. Um, I haven't, like, I'm also not a super hardcore fighting game person. I'm not, like, really competitive or anything, but, you know, I grew up with these games. I love them. And so I was really happy to get that. And I just played it recently after the, uh, the patch that improved the visuals and stuff. And um, I think it's a I think it's a wonderful game. Um, I highly. Did you find the the visuals made a big difference? Like the the new upgrade was it very noticeable? Um, I don't know if it was placebo effect, but um, <laughs> going into it, but um, I didn't really have a huge problem with the visuals, you know, um, from the get go. Like obviously, like KOF thirteen has those beautiful hand drawn. Um, animations on PS3 and 360 and I guess PC as well Um, but you know this was just kind of a different look Um, I really like the 3D games on uh, the Maximum Impact games on PS2 those games yeah so I'm like I'm kind of used to like this like sorted slightly ugly SNK 3D stuff Um, so I didn't have a huge problem going into it like I was just happy that the game played really well and it had a huge um, roster of characters. There's like 50 characters in this game. And, uh, but I feel like when I booted it up after the patch, like everything like just looked a little more detailed. The colors were like a little less flat because of the improved lighting and stuff. So um, I think it looks great personally. Yeah, yeah. so that's an Atlas game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm not a big fighting game fan, mostly because I suck at them. So yeah, <laughs> I know that. Too. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I, I can enjoy and I can appreciate why why people oh, yeah. like them. And uh, yeah, and I heard great things about King of Fighters 14. So that's that's awesome. Um, there was also, in the, as Chris mentioned, there were a few important PC releases. Uh, from Sega of Europe, like uh, Football Manager, Motorsport Manager, which was a big thing. Uh, I think got great reviews as well. Um, there was uh, Total War Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. So again, not not a big PC player, but uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, 
uh, people say said great things about those. So so yeah, I think it wasn't uh, uh, it it was actually a good a good a fair year for for Sega. Uh, just mm -hmm. not much to appeal perhaps to old old school fans, perhaps old school Sega fans, perhaps. Not sure. I take quality over quantity. Oh yeah, quality. For sure. I think so. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it was a year that they also just leaned on some of their past, uh, previously released uh, games, like the 3D Classics Collection, um, Valkyria Chronicles Remastered, and and those kind of filled in the gaps where they didn't have some of their other big franchises like Persona or, or Yakuza releasing earlier in the year, and I think that really was important for them just to kind of keep them. Uh, you know, just keep them relevant throughout the year. I think that was a really smart move on their part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So since we, we talked about, uh, you know, most releases, would you like to uh, tell me what your favorite game of the year was when it comes to Sega or Atlas? Personally? Uh, well, <laughs> I think by default it would have to be um, a 3D Classics collection because I haven't actually booted up her Valkyria Chronicles yet and... Uh, I've played most of the games on the 3D Classics collection anyway. I mainly got it for Power Drift and uh, sort of Puyo Puyo 2 and Maze Hunter. But uh, yeah, I haven't actually even booted that one up yet. But obviously as I played those games, I already know most of the games now. I already know they're great. And uh, you know, it's just a really nice collection. And of course, since they are based on the 3D Classics ports, they're by M2. And we all know what a great job they do with the ports. So, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, I, I go with that. They, you know, it's it's great to have that one in the West. And again, as I said, M2 that immediately equals you know just great port, and a lot of extras as well. So they put a lot of thought into it. I really like Valkyria Chronicles uh, remastered. It, it was so fun going back to that series again. I mean, they had I think they released it. Was it 2015? Was it late 2015 when they released it on on Steam? Um, so I played it a little bit then, w whenever they released that. But going mm -hmm. back and, and playing this version, I mean, it's 1080p, 60 frames per second. And not only that, but they also included all the, the previously released DLC for it. It came in that really nice steel case. Uh, it was just a, it, it felt like a very premium package. And uh, I think this game really deserved to, see, to, to get that kind of... Uh, appreciation and I just had a lot of fun going back and playing that and I was just really amazed like how well the graphics in that game still hold up even if you know even if they just um, you know converted it over to you know uh, to a high resolution it just it still looks so beautiful and and, and close to just what a, a full big you know PS4 Xbox one style release would look like I, I thought it looked great mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think a lot of that is down to a visual style as well because it's always just been one of the it's always just had a very unique visual style the uh, first one did and oh definitely yeah oh actually now i think about it did the american version have an art book that came with it as well because um i know the um the european version did that was really nice did you guys get the the the, the art book with with the, the... I, I don't i don't know that's a good question i don't remember <laughs> the art book <laughs> that's, that's weird yeah uh, we had the the europa edition so that came with uh, with the art book which was actually yeah, really, I don't think really great. As well. That did not come with my North American copy that I got from Amazon. Like I got the steel case with the sleeve, but I did not get an art book. I did we get a steel case? I don't think we we had a, a steel case. We had the sleeve, but no, I, I, no, right? I, we had I, a sleeve, yeah. 
but it it was. I did a poster as well, actually. Now I think about it. Poster, the the art book, but not a steel case. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) I need to after we we do the show. I need to go back and find my copy and see if had a steel case or not. But I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't recall having a steel case. But I, I, I like the art book very much, so I, I don't mind. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Um, uh, yeah, as far as, as mine goes, I don't know if this really counts, but it is kind of my overall game of the year, so I'm going to just drop it anyways. Um, Res Infinite on <laughs> PS4. <laughs> okay. um, specific- I forgot about that. Oh. Specifically in playing it in PSVR um, was like just a mind-blowing experience. Yes, I'd imagine it would be amazing in VR. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I don't know, it was like the feeling that I got like playing Sonic the Hedgehog for the first time or Super Mario 64, just that like, whoa, video games can be this too. Like, um... Yeah, I mean, just an incredible... Even if you're not playing in PSVR, just, like, if you're playing on, like, a 4K TV, it, again, just looks amazing. And the Area X mode in it, the more free-roaming mode that you unlock after finishing the game is just incredible. I think it would be an amazing direction for the series to continue. Um... I would love to see this series continue um, and it be a series. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was my overall game of the year. Awesome. I, I was really bummed because uh, <laughs> that's what I told my wife I wanted for my birthday was a PlayStation VR. Uh, my birthday's on, it happens to fall on Christmas. So uh, mm. everything was sold out, like from, from Best Buy, all the stores, there's, you could not find them. So my wife ended up getting me a Best Buy gift card for enough money to, to get a PlayStation VR. And Res uh, was definitely one of the games. That, that was like the, the one game I really, really wanted to get. I was so excited to try to get and play it. Um, but it's just been so disappointing because they are literally not in stock anywhere. Like, I cannot find them at all. They're uh, sold out everywhere around me uh, still to this day. And I'm just kind of waiting around until they can get one in stock because uh, I really, really want to play Res on it. Yeah, yeah I, it I seems think... like shipments are starting again, though. Like, um, I've seen, like, GameStop has had them in and out every once in a while. So I hope you can get one. I'm definitely going to get one at, at some point. It's just a matter of, of when. And I, I hope that that is a, a good sign that, that there is demand i don't know if it's just that that sony didn't put very much many of them in, in the market and and that's what's causing uh some of the uh the scarcity uh but what i really hope is that there's just a lot of people buying them uh and and more and more companies will see that you know they're they're selling well and they'll continue to support it because the worst thing that would happen is you know companies just start trailing off support and before long there's just a, a very slow trickle uh of releases throughout mm-hmm. the year i i, I think it has some amazing potential, uh, and it, I, I really hope that companies continue to support it, even if it's something like uh, what Resident Evil 7 is doing, where it's just an option to be able to play the game. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's not like just a, 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 a uh, singular like VR release. It, it's just another option to play. Uh, I think that is really great and probably the best way to do it, really. Uh, yeah, because if you don't want to play it in VR because you have people over or something like that, you don't have to. You can play it you know, in, in normal mode, but when you do get a chance to be able to do that, it just adds 
to some of the immersion and, and some of that stuff that comes with VR. Mm -hmm. So by the way, side note, <laughs> this wasn't planned, but uh, since you uh, talked about uh, PSVR, so do you think 2016 was the year that we finally can, you know, see VR uh, becoming more mainstream? Was that the beginning of something bigger? I'm asking because I'm a bit skeptical. I was a bit skeptical. I, I can see now that, you know, it seems like, as you said, developers are doing the right thing and adding just some, some optional modes to, the, to games uh, so you can play them in using the, the, the VR sets and everything. But do you think this will, be, will actually be the start of something bigger or will this just be a fad and just fade away soon? I don't, I don't think... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's hard to say because, I mean... Like I said, I agree with Chris. I mean, there is a lot of potential there. I mean, I mean, I'm actually playing Resident Evil 7 right now, and I can only imagine what it must be like in like in VR because it's a it is probably the scariest game in the series. Not lie, not gonna lie, it definitely um, kept me um, <laughs> just a bit on the uh, scared side. It was uh, it's a quite a scary game. But uh, yeah, then of course we've got games like Raze, which you know was obviously wasn't built for VR, but just It just goes so well. It just it makes it sense. Hand in hand. It, it just makes sense. Absolutely, and I think you know if they actually try doing it like that, you know, actually thinking about what games could actually really work in the VR sort of experience, then yeah, and not just try and make them like little quick faddy sort of games which only last like an hour or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. or at least uh, make or at least uh, do those sort of games, but put those on like digital only or something like that. Or like on the PlayStation Store, but uh, yeah, I think it's hard to say whether or not it'll really take off or not. But I, I, I want to remain a little bit optimistic about it. You know, I do see potential, and you know, there are just some games that I really would like to see, so I really make use of it. So yeah, is the does the the, the trans vibrator work for for the PSVR version of Res? <laughs> Because that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. They, they should have released re-released that for sure um so as a um as a former psvr owner um there's a lot of challenges with vr um so i got psvr right at launch um mostly for res to be honest um and We, you know, um, I, I brought it in. My wife and I both played it. Um, she played it a couple times. Um, she also, you know, she's she's a gamer as well. She played it a couple times and then ha didn't really touch it again. Um, she appreciated it. She's a huge Miku fan. So we got like, the <laughs> Miku concert <laughs> game on there. And uh, we, you know, we checked that out. She loved that. And then... Um, It's kind of a hassle to like, it's a lot of chords, it's a big kit. Um, you have to like really, you have to set up like a chair because our couch is too far away from our TV. So you have to, we have to set up a chair in front of the TV and like bring that in from the patio. And so it kind of became like an ordeal to just like get it set up to play it. Um, and I am definitely a fan of it, but I can only play for about 45 minutes a day, basically. Um, and then it starts to kind of give me a headache. Um, 
Hmm. And then kind of, so that was there. And then um, the final kind of challenge came. Um, we, over like the winter break, we adopted two kittens. And <laughs> they cannot handle it. Like They, they love if, it. They love the cords. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I suck both of their heads off. <laughs> um, no, like when when I'd sit down to like put it on, they would like start attacking the cord. They'd like jump up in my lap and start pulling the headphones out of my ears, the earbuds, <laughs> and it just became like a thing that it just like didn't really work in our household um, because of like all these physical challenges. And, you know, if this had been, you know, I'm like living in an apartment by myself, no pets, like no one else around, I think I would be like so hardcore about VR because I, I love the tech. I love PSVR. I think it's like an awesome looking device. I think it works really well, but uh you know, just in our situation at this moment, um, it just doesn't really work for us. And I think that's going to be the challenge to overcome. I think it's going to be really hard for like people who have kids um, because you're kind of like completely zoning out, um, which is different than if you're like sitting on the couch playing a game on the TV or yeah. on your 3DS or Vita or Game Gear or whatever. Um, and I don't know, it's, I think that's going to be the tough hurdle. Like, I think a smaller wireless headset would definitely kind of fit, like, my lifestyle a little mm -hmm. bit better. Um, but kind of at this point, it just doesn't really work in our home. Yeah, I, I can see it now, yeah. you know, like a, a, a dev conference uh, with all the VR developers and just like a PowerPoint present presentation there. Um, and so slide number one, what can we do about these challenges? Number one, pets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how can well, we make... Real. Uh, how can we give you an idea though. Virtual reality <laughs> for animals. Maybe not. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would stop my, my, my cat from always meowing all the time <laughs> asking for food <laughs> virtual food virtual food yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's the future it's the future yeah well we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens you know i'm, I'm still not convinced that it's it's uh, it can work right now i think they, they should improve the tech a bit more work on the tech but maybe if this you know if enough people get on the the VR wagon right now, maybe this will encourage developers to, to work on it a bit more, improve it, and uh, maybe in the, the next few years we'll go see some very cool things. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. Oh, and sure. I think yeah. one thing that, that even if even if the future doesn't really, it isn't really big in the gaming space, I think um, elsewhere, especially for education, uh, it's oh, going to be yeah. huge. I mean, just imagine... Uh, being able to get, you know, a VR headset, you know, for each kid in a classroom and you could take them, you know, to if, if say you're studying the, I don't know, the pyramids, for instance, and you can actually mm -hmm. take them there and they can walk through the Great Pyramid and, and look around it and all these other things. So I think um, even if the future doesn't lie in gaming, I, I think VR is here to stay. And I think we'll look back at 2016 really as, as the launching pad for that. And, um, you know, like a few of you said 
earlier, I don't think this iteration of VR is what is going to ultimately be what we know VR to be in the future. I, I think it's just getting started, but I, I definitely see VR here to stay. And I think it does have a future in gaming as well. Um, but it's just going to be interesting to see how that continues to evolve uh, going forward. But I, I definitely think it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool stuff. So yeah, uh, and on that note, <laughs> I think I, I need to tell you what my, my favorite game of 2016 was. Um, and, you know, I, I have to go with Valkyrie Chronicles Remastered. I just have to. People who know me. That's my man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it had to be. It, it's one of my uh, favorite games on the PS3. It was already one of my favorite games on the PS3, so... It, it's really it's really great as, as Chris said before I, I won't repeat everything but he said uh, it still holds off holds up very well uh, today it's it's you know it's uh, like five four th three years old four five I don't know I think it came out I can't remember ten no, no 2008 actually I think okay so you know eight years old game and it's still still amazing still awesome story awesome uh, you know art style so yeah and amazing gameplay um, and on on you know uh, special mention to Project Mirai DX I'm a Miku fan mm -hmm. not as mm -hmm. much as Ryan's wife apparently but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed no, Project I mean, Mirai we, DX we flew to Seattle to go to a concert um, last year <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is yeah. a this is a Miku household for sure <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing uh, one of the first games that was released on, on. I think it was either, I think it was PS3. I was reviewing it for Sega Nerds, and I I was playing the game, and my wife came home. I think it was off that day from work, and my wife comes home and <laughs> she walks in and she sees it. She's like, "What are you playing?" And it was just it was just a weird because there was like no context, but I, it was just like anime girl. I was in her bedroom, like look, it was it was it was just like the worst possible moment that she could walk in. <laughs> she walked into that, and <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing. Um, so I, I I I liked the gameplay. I think the gameplay is, is fantastic mm -hmm. in so many of those games. Just the aesthetic, uh, uh, the anime, and all, and 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 everything else. I I'm not a big fan of it, but mm -hmm. I can see why people like it, and I do enjoy the gameplay. Like I said, I think it's a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's not for everyone, but the, the gameplay itself is really good. It's a really good rhythm game. Yeah, I really want to check out the new PS4 version, the digital one that came out, because uh -huh. apparently Future that has, yeah, it has like a bunch of like old school Sega tracks, like oh, yeah. Afterburner and modules, and, stuff. and modules as well. So you can uh, dress Miku as Sonic. There's, I think there, there are a few Valkyrie Chronicles um, costumes as well, called modules. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Definitely want to grab that. I like There's uh, Magical I, Sound Shower, there's Afterburner, there's... Oh, man. I can't remember what else. I think there, there's another one. Another Sega tune, Sega classic tune. Can't remember which one, but yeah. It's, Was it Power Drift? Like, like the wind from Power maybe, Drift? Maybe I, like the wind. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. Perhaps I do remember a, a vocaloid version of that. Yeah, yeah. So, in in the 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 best part is you you can just grab the the demo. The, I think they call it the prelude, or something. Uh, and it's you've got two songs. You can try it if you want. And then, if you really want to buy songs, you have two packs: the future sound and 
colorful something. Can't remember. But yeah, but there's two packs of with, with lots and lots of songs. So, but you can just try the the free demo and see if you like it or not. Yep. So, nice. uh, it's we've been talking for a while. So let's take a quick music break. We'll play one of your requests, and we'll be right back with more more uh, Sega discussion on the Sega Lounge.
welcome back to the Sega Lounge, and we're discussing Sega and Atlas in 2016 and in 2017. So welcome back, guys. It's it's a pleasure to have you on on the show. Um, so we we discussed uh, the best of the year, and you know we did an overall evaluation of how 2016 went for Sega. Um, would you like to mention your know, worst games of the year? Do we have? Do you have any games that you didn't like that Sega put out? Um, not, not. I didn't really think of any games I can particularly think of which I honestly didn't really like. So yeah, I don't really have a worst game. Mm-hmm. I, the one game that I suspect it would probably be the worst game I didn't play, but I will say that this is the the series that I want just to go away forever and never come back. It's <laughs> Mario and Sonic at the Rio Olympic Games. Oh, I, I think I think people are okay if they're if Sega and Nintendo never release another one of these games at this point. I mean, the first couple were fun. I, I think it was interesting to see the different Nintendo and and Sega characters interacting with each other but it's just been this series just keeps going on and on it will not stop it's like this is i mean sega i understand sega has the olympic license so they need to do something with it and this is just their way of of, of using it but i i think it's it's time just to you know just take it out back and and shoot it in the head and just not do anything yeah, else with mario and sonic olympic anymore i, I think we need yeah. to to stop doing olympic games you know stop the olympic games that way, maybe Sega will stop putting out Mario and Sonic titles. No, they'll just find some other way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, to make matters worse, I actually went and replaced the um, Outrun 2 machines at Blue Ball so it's, um, with um, Mario and Sonic at the Rio Olympics. Oh, machines. God. Ooh. That's, that's bad. Yes. That's bad. That's a crime. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yes. Actual crime. Yeah, I agree. Wow. What about you, Ryan? Um, so pretty happy with every Sega game I played this year. I'm going to uh, I don't know, this may be controversial, but um, I guess the one that I played that I didn't I couldn't get into was on um, I imported the Japanese version of the Sega 3D Classics um, Collection 3 uh, mm-hmm. final stage Yeah, and um, Alien Syndrome I <laughs> I, I can't get into Alien Syndrome. That was the only. That's the only one of these Sega 3D Classics games that uh, I, I believe it's the arcade version. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I cannot get into that game. I just I don't get it, and <laughs> I just I don't really enjoy it. I own the um, the super ugly Wii version. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that was not a good game because <laughs> i was uh i mean i was buying every sega game that came to wii um and i didn't like it then and i i don't i'm not into the uh the uh 3ds version here um i like alien syndicate but alien syndrome not not into not into the syndromes Oh, sorry yeah. to hear that. <laughs> but yeah. so it's Alien Syndrome Syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, are you guys fans of this game? Like, it's. it's I, fun I played to call the out on this. I did actually play the arcade version, uh, actually in the arcades, and yeah, I, I kind of liked it. It's, it's kind of a simple top-down shooter. I actually got Game Gear version, been meaning to play that sometime, but to be honest, mm. I, I kind of like it myself. But you know, fair games. I mean, 
Oh, uh, not you know. As I say, they can't please all people all the time. So you know, <laughs> you know. I, I ju- my my only problem with it is, and and maybe you're, you're seeing a pattern here, but I I kind of suck at it. So, but other than that, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. Actually, no. It's okay. It's, I, it's, I no, really it's nothing special. It it's, no, it's nothing special. You know, when when they announced they would release a, a 3DS version of uh, Alien Syndrome, I was like, okay, why not? But you could have gone with, with something much better than that. But you know. Yeah, and I think it's just the. I think it's in the context that it's in on this collection because you know you look at the four special games for this collection, and it's Turbo Outrun, which is great, um, Mega Drive version of Columns, which is good. I like Columns a lot, um, yep. and game. Thunder Force Three, which is incredible. It's so good, and then Alien Syndrome. Like, eh, one of these <laughs> things is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, I actually don't have. I don't think I have a, a worst of, of 2016. I uh, I enjoyed Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice. So really uh, a decent game. Uh, but I, I can imagine Mario and Sonic, you know, not pleasing everyone. It had a great soundtrack though. So you know, <laughs> I, I no, like I it for that. Classic Sonic and Mario tracks in there as well, so you know. Yeah, yeah, but but the new stuff is really good, and the, the you know the yeah. the Brazilian vibe to it, it's really really good. So, uh, if only for that, I enjoyed it. And I didn't play the game, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, see I what happens on either. the Switch. <laughs> we'll see. Uh. Yeah. Okay, so uh, since we we talked about 2016, let's you know, mention what we're uh, most excited about for 2017. So do you guys think it will be a, a good year for Sega? I think so, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, we've, we've just had Yakuza 0 come out. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a great year for that franchise because not only has Yakuza 0 just come out and it's getting really good reviews from what I've seen. A lot of people raving about it and I can't wait to play it myself. Uh, we've also got um, Yakuza Kiwami uh, out in summer, I believe. So that's another one to look forward to. And mm-hmm. of course, um, 2018, we've got Yakuza 6. So yeah, future's definitely looking bright for that franchise. Um, of course, we've got Sonic Mania and uh, Sonic um, 2017. So and hopefully, at very least, Sonic Mania will live up to the hype. Um, I'm quite looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'm trying to remember what else they Oh yeah, of course, Alkiri Revolution. Oh yeah, though it's not technically technically Sega games, um, Monster Boy and um, Wonder Boy Dragons Trap remake. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. def- those are games I'm really looking forward to as well. They both look great. And and, and kind of continuing down that, there's also going to be uh, Toji Mineral back yes. in the groove. I know it's not Sega uh, published or anything like that, but uh, it's going to come out this year. I'm super super excited for that. That looks. I'm really so excited awesome. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and of course, let's not forget Puyo Puyo Tetris is finally being localized as well. That's yes. going to be on PS4 Indeed. and uh, Nintendo Switch. Yep. So yes, uh, definitely plenty of great stuff to look forward to this year, if you're a Sega uh, fan. And, th- and there's that, that little game, you know, called Shenmue 3 that is supposed Shenmue to... Shenmue 3, that's what I was going to say. It's supposed to come out in this year. We'll see, we'll see if it happens, but... <sighs> I'm 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 not too confident about a, a 2017 release for Shenmue 3. I feel 2018. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. I think summer 2018 is is a a very consider like conservative 
guess for that. <laughs> I think that's probably the likelihood when we're we're going to get it. And, and probably holiday uh, uh, holiday release wouldn't help the game. I think. Oh no! You know, going up against you know several blockbusters, uh, it wouldn't help sell the game. So probably summer or spring would be uh, would be the best time to release that game. I don't know. Maybe wrong, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest, I'm I'm nervous about Shenmue 3. Um, I mean, I'm excited. Obvi- like, I backed it. Um, I'm so happy it's happening. I'm nervous about how the reception's going to be, because I don't, I don't know do, if modern gamers are going to like the Shenmue style. Um, mm-hmm. Even, like, especially almost especially after like the yakuza series which is a lot more action oriented it has a lot more like discernible rpg elements to it um i i'm really worried about like because the worst thing to me would be shenmue 3 comes out and like just gets trashed everywhere (laughs) like oh no expectations are certainly high i I definitely think that they're going to have to you know, update and change some of the gameplay mm-hmm. uh, mechanics and just some some of the aspects about the game. I mean, you could you even saw in in Shinmu two how different it was in than in Shinmu one, where you could you know just auto follow a, a character who's taking to a place and it, it sped up the gameplay a lot more. I think they're mm-hmm. gonna have to do even more of that and, and kind of streamline some of that because there's a lot of people today that just don't have that kind of patience that, mm-hmm. that we used to do it. And, and that's the thing too, is that, I mean, a lot of people are really pushing for the Shinmu one and two HD releases, which as a big Shinmu fan myself, I, I would absolutely uh, want to do that, but I could still see Sega's kind of hesitation for it because I'm not sure how big of, or how well that would sell because uh, mm-hmm. I just don't think that that gameplay is going to hold up for today's gamer someone who's coming into the, the series completely fresh today, I don't think that they're going to enjoy it like we did, you know, back in 2001 or, or, or whenever. Uh, and so I think it's going to have some some issues there. So I, I definitely agree with you. If they don't, you know, if the gameplay and everything doesn't evolve to meet the times, it's going to it's it's going to have some some issues, especially when it comes to some of the reviews and some of mm-hmm. when when critics kind of get their hands on it. So I, I would hate to say that. See I, that. I, th- I think it, it would sell, you know, just people buying it for the for the heck of it. You know, most Shenmue okay. fans will, will happen, will, will buy it. And uh, some people will probably buy it just to see what the hype is about, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it would sell. I'm not sure about the reviews either, so that's that's a concern as well. Mm-hmm. Both both for the HD versions and for Shenmue 3. So, but uh, yeah, if know. I can add, just add something there. I think the HD versions really should happen because, as, as I think as Chris said, you know, we, they are going to be probably might are going to be newcomers, and um, I think you know, obviously this is the third part of the. Um, of an ongoing story so you know i think probably they really should release the hd versions to get people up to speed before shenmue 3 comes out but again it's actually a game i got into myself and sega are like ah, not not our problem ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's you suzuki's problem now <laughs> yeah will there be another shenmue movie come out that's going to just compile both 
games into one, it's gonna be like a four-hour-long movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They should. Yeah, with those with those cutscenes and those graphics, I don't know what people would make of that if this was their <laughs> first experience to it. Um, I mean, I remember when um, when Sega did those pretty fantastic HD remakes of stuff like. You know, Space Channel 5, uh, Jet Set Radio, and Nights, when those were coming out. I remember people being like, you know, oh, I want to see what all the hype is about, about Jet Set Radio and Nights, and then being like, what are these games? <laughs> like, this is not <laughs> what I expected at all. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. There's always that risk, so. You can't, yeah, you can't please but... everyone, and and like like Chris said, you know, I hope they they've updated the the, the gameplay for for three at least because, you know, yeah. and, and oh, I think I think they're working on it. I think we can we can trust the team to work to be working on it. So you know, mm -hmm. I personally do think, of course, we just mentioned Yakuza. I don't think they could do to go too far wrong borrowing elements from that. Obviously, not obviously outright plagiarizing it, but. Sort of mm -hmm. taking what make the Yakuza games good and sort of building that into doing their own thing with it. Sort of making it fit more into the sort of Shenmue sort of world. And I think I think that would uh, work very well if I did that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what about you, Chris? Uh, you know, things you're looking forward to in, in 2017? I don't know if we touch on Sonic Mania yet. Uh, maybe we just... Well, I've mentioned it a few times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I am really looking forward to that. I feel like I've said it a couple times on different podcasts, but I feel like I'm the only person in the world who's yet to, to play the demo for Sonic Mania. No, I've not played it. Yeah, me neither. It's good to know there's there's a few others out there, but it, it just looks so good. I'm, I'm ready to go back uh, to that old school 2D you know style of Sonic that we grew up with. And I, I really trust uh, Christian Whitehead and his team uh, to do that right. I mean, I think he's got a good solid track record especially what he's done with um the ports to mobile they were excellent i would never mm -hmm. have thought that a sonic the hedgehog game would control uh as well as it did on on mobile and on on virtual controls i just i couldn't believe it but it actually you know did really well and he even uh found a, a bunch of bugs in some of those games and, and fixed them and i think in was it sonic 2 or sonic cd he he introduced some new levels that uh, were That's included. In, yeah, it, yeah, it was just really neat. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do with that, and I hope this is uh, this game is is going to be kind of a launching pad for him uh, to continue down this path, and hopefully Sega will continue to work with him on on some future Sonic games like that because. Uh, like like Nintendo has kind of done with with some of their classic Mario stuff like Mario Maker and things like that. They've shown that you know doing some interesting and creative things with the, an older style of game is, is still still works and people love it. Uh, and I, I hope that uh, this game sells well enough for Sega to, to keep funding future projects like this because I, I think it's a great idea and I, I think it's going to. Uh, I, I think it's going to, to do well, especially uh, for people who aren't buying most other Sonic games today. They're going to see this game and be like, oh, this looks like the game that I played when I was a kid, but I haven't played a Sonic game you know, for, for 20 years. Uh, I think this could appeal to those people and, and might get them to buy it and, and get back into the series where they wouldn't uh, for you know Sonic Boom or you know any of the other, or like Lost World or any of those. Um, 
Now, having said that, like I'm also really looking forward to seeing more of what Sega is going to do with Project Sonic 2017. Uh, you know, we only got that one short little clip uh, last year, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm trying to to, to be as uh, as positive and and open to what Sonic Team is doing. I, I I really hope that they uh, do this well because uh, all eyes are on them uh, for this game. I mean, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think too many people were very pleased with uh, what was the last one, the, the mobile Sonic game that they released. Was it last year or was it was in 2015? Runners. Yeah, Sonic Runners. I was not. <laughs> I was not very happy with that, to say the least. Um, I mean, it, it, it had some some redeeming qualities to it, but overall, it wasn't it wasn't very good. I actually thought Sonic Dash was by, was a, a, a way more fun uh, game uh, than Sonic Runners was. Uh, but it's, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what they're going to do uh, with uh, a new mainline next-gen Sonic game. And you know, going beyond that, I, I hope that they continue to port some of their classic games that people are, have been wanting for a long time over to the PC, over to Steam. Uh, you know, they, they started doing that uh, last year or the year before with Valkyria Chronicles, but there's still so many more games out there um, that were released you know, on the PS3 and the Xbox 360 uh, that never reported over uh, to PC, and I would love to see them to, to do more of that. Uh, I think that would be great. Even uh, if you know they they wanted to bring over like uh, Bayonetta or you know some of the other games like that, I think would be really great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, actually, I wouldn't mind seeing them do another sort of pack for the Mega Drive collection, especially since last year. I think it was last year they updated it to uh, include mods, and they sort of changed the interface and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see another pack of those. Mm-hmm. There is some ridiculous mods on there. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, there's, there's some. It, it seems like a lot of them. I don't know if Streets of Rage is just a very easy game to mod, but there's a ton of awesome Streets of Rage mods on there, and even a lot of them are just like sprite swaps, and you can have. Uh, you know, all sorts of different, any 16-bit character that you can think of, there's almost a sprite swap for him uh, <laughs> available in that. And that, that is so much fun just to see the different crazy, wacky things uh, people out there are, are doing with, with that game and some of the other games within that thing. I think that was probably one of the coolest things Sega has done in a while. Oh, yeah. The fact that Sega supports that is just amazing. And actually, I've, I've actually, my favourite mod so far has actually been the one for Decap Attack, which lets you play in its original Japanese version, because I've been wanting to play that game, for, that version, for absolutely ages. And mm-hmm. thanks to the modding community, I can now. So that's brilliant. I have a feeling Sega of America haven't told Sega of Japan that they did that. <laughs> it seems like that is a thing Sega of Japan would never let happen. Yeah, and so yeah. I think they, yeah. just, they, they probably don't even know what Steam is over there. And, <laughs> right. and they just released it and just never told them. And they were just like, they will never know. Trust me, it's going to be fine. And so once they find out, they're going to freak out. <laughs> As for myself, um, I literally just bought uh, Yakuza Zero this morning. Good man, um, good man. For recording this podcast, so I'm very excited to dig into that uh, this evening. Um, I will also just kind of echo pretty much everything Chris said about Sonic Mania. Um, I have the I have the collector's edition for Switch um, pre-ordered. Well done, and uh, very very excited. For that um but i think what i'm as i mean that's you know stuff that's out there 
Um, as far as things we don't really know about, I'm super curious about... Um, I don't know if you guys watched the Nintendo Switch event in all of its wonderful awkwardness, but um, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the highlights for me from that was uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi coming out yeah. and you know saying that Sega, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was so disappointed. Acknowledges the existence of the Switch. <laughs> yeah, and, that was uh, so weird. It really, well, uh, I was really awkward. Yeah, about making games for it and. I mean, honestly, all I can think about um, when I see that dude out there talking about working on a Nintendo platform is uh, the return of Super Monkey Ball. Um, oh, yeah. Super yeah. Monkey Ball 2 is one of like my favorite games. Monkey Target is just incredible. <laughs> I think that would be amazing on Switch. So I would... I mean... I, like I don't, I have a PS4. Like I don't care about them bringing like the Yakuza games over or something. Like I'm already like buying those on PS4. Like um, if they did, that's cool. But I think I think Monkey Ball would be a perfect fit for like the type of gameplay, like the local co-op and all that that um, Nintendo seems to be going for with the mm -hmm. Switch. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, I think there's certain franchises um, that Sega owns that just fit really well with certain platforms and uh, certain consoles. And I, I, I definitely agree. Like the Monkey Ball series has always done really well on Nintendo platforms. I remember um, Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz on the on the Wii. That was mm -hmm. the game that we probably in my house we played more than any other Wii game. Uh, my daughters absolutely loved it. We played it all the time. Just all the different mini games. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and you know I, I definitely agree, especially having that portability and and the the mul local multiplayer that Nintendo's kind of yeah. pushing with mm -hmm. the with the Switch. I, I think another game like that would would be perfect for for the Switch. I definitely agree with that one. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, on my end, I, I think you guys covered most of it. Um, I'm 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 actually pretty excited about Sonic Mania. Obviously, not so much about Sonic. Uh, 2017 <laughs> to be honest uh, let's see what happens let's see what happens uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for the, the second trailer with uh, classic Sonic modern Sonic and Sonic Boom uh, hopefully not hopefully not mm. we'll see Generations was good though <laughs> yeah. Generations was good yeah <laughs> if I keep that kind of template then yeah I'm hoping I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I still kind of like Lost World too. I'll, I'll say that. I, oh, I was, I, I, like I, I love I Lost game. World. I love Lost World. I think it's a, a great game. I, I I can't understand the hate. Seriously, it's it's a great game. Yeah. And and it's it's fine that they keep experimenting, experimenting. But they need to. They'll just try to find the right formula and just stick yeah. to it. And from time to time, just add new stuff, but not stray away from the the correct formula for for the, the perfect 3d sonic game we'll see we'll see what happens but I, i'm really excited about sonic mania uh valkyrie revolution is is one that i'm excited about and obviously puyo puyo tetris i already have the, the vita version the japanese vita version yeah same here yeah but i'm pretty excited about getting it on the switch i think it's perfect for the switch and i can see myself playing that uh, a lot on the go and probably even getting my wife to play it with me who knows who knows she's not a, a gamer so but i, I think she'll uh, enjoy Puyo Puyo Tetris um yeah so 
as for non-confirmed, non-announced stuff, I think they should still, you know, release stuff for PC. It's a big market for for Sega, I think, especially in Europe. Sega of Europe is is handling that very well. Um, but I I think I would like to see new stuff on for the Switch. And getting a bit of ahead of myself, we're talking about the Switch next. But I think uh, the Switch could be a very good platform for some 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 Sega, maybe some classic Sega franchises. Uh, and no, especially with the the multiplayer, the local multiplayer aspect of it. Uh, and I was really disappointed when I saw Nagoshi just yeah, hello. I we know about the Switch. We'll be <laughs> releasing some games, so you know, watch so this weird. space. That was really I was really awkward. hoping he was going to announce a new exclusive Sonic Nintendo deal there yeah. and completely <laughs> melt down the internet. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He was the first one. <laughs> he was the first third party guy to to, to come on on stage and he was like, "Yeah, we've we've we're working on stuff perhaps, maybe not." <laughs> Yeah, but watch this space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Switch is a thing. Yay, we know about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I'm pretty excited about uh, the um, you know Toe Jam Neural, Monster Boy, um, mm-hmm. Shenmue. You know, things that people are are doing with with Sega properties is you know, I think they're they're doing amazing an amazing job. Just like Christian Whitehead with the with Sonic Mania. You know. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. I think Sega needs to start outsourcing, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. You know their yeah. their their, uh, their IPs and allowing passionate fans and and their other people to to work on on their franchises and maybe bringing them back. You know, as absolutely. Yeah. You know, indie developers can can work on on Sega games on Sega franchises and you know, just release them and as uh, digital. You know, games only. I think that could work. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe I would love happen. to see Way Forward do a Streets of Rage game. Oh yes, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? That was one of my my notes that I had is I would love to see a return to like a 2D style Streets of Rage game. I, I don't think we need a, a 3D style that they were, were trying to do a, a couple times with some of the, mm. the proof of concepts and things like that. But I, I would mean, love course. to... Right? Oh, God. Don't <laughs> remind me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a, 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 a finally, like a Streets of Rage 4 um, set in the, the similar mm-hmm. style, I think would be, would be so amazing. I, there's so many good companies out there that I think they could do it right. Uh, I, I definitely would love to see that. God, that would that just makes me so excited yeah, just sure. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. And we, we'll, like we already Dragon have a, a 3D Streets of Rage. Sorry, uh, Double Dragon Four is coming out this month, and it looks like an NES game. <laughs> like what? I mean, I love that. Awesome. I love yeah, that that's, that's the way yeah, to go. I think. Is... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we want to make an nine and ten. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we already have a 3D Streets of Rage. It's called the Yakuza. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so technically, we've had a 3D Streets of Rage with the Dynamite Cop series as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah, like Don Held mm-hmm. Arcade, and mm-hmm. of course, they are very much kind of Streets of Rage, Streets mm-hmm. of Rage, you know, <laughs> same yeah, genre. We'll see. we'll see what happens, but that that would be awesome. Okay, guys, so let's take a quick break. We'll uh, be right back with our final segment of of our roundtable. Uh, you know, and discuss something that happened. We've just you know mentioned it briefly but let's talk a bit about that uh, and we'll be right back this is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega don't go anywhere 
From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories of Sega. For this week's edition of Memories of Sega, we'll be looking at Golden Axe 2, a scorning beat-em-up release of a Mega Drive in 1991. It's naturally a sequel to the original classic, though it's also a console exclusive and not at all to be confused with the proper arcade sequel, Golden Axe Revenge of Death Adder, which is a completely different game. This particular game was heavily criticised at the time for being identical to the original, and while that much is true and it certainly isn't as good, it's still good fun in its own right. I first heard of this game in issue 4 of Sega Pro Magazine, which was the second video game magazine I ever owned. It featured a review of the game, and while it got a decent score, it was nonetheless slated for its lack of any new features over the first game. Other reviews I saw were fairly mixed, but the main issue remained the same, it just wasn't different enough from the original. Shortly after, a friend of mine got a Mega Drive of his own, and Golden Axe 2 was one of the first games he got with it. He talked to me quite a bit about the game, about how far he got, how cool it all was, etc. Then I got the chance to play it a little at his house, and I certainly thought it looked pretty cool. Eventually, my interest in the game was rekindled when I borrowed the game from another friend, and I really got to spend some time with it. And I certainly enjoyed it, though by then I'd also played the original, and I had to agree that one was certainly better. Golden Axe 2 sees the return of Axe Battler, Tyrus Flair, and everybody's favourite dwarf, Gilius Thunderhead, as they once again try to recover the Golden Axe, which has once again fallen into the wrong hands. This time around, the culprit is a nasty sort named Dark Gold, and with a name like that, you know it's going to be trouble. Face gameplay is, as uh, the magazine's constantly complained about, identical to the first game. Pretty much standard beat-em-up fare, with each character having a small selection of attacks ranging from combos, dash attacks and leaping slashes. Each of the three heroes can also use various magic attacks, which become more powerful as you collect magic book drop by, uh, drop by the wizard enemies you encounter. Sadly, there's no kicking gnomes in this one, more's a pity. Magic can be used in one of two ways, both of which can be chosen from the options screen. You can use the classic Golden Axe style, which automatically uses the magic level you've built up, or a new charge option, which lets you hold down the A button and uh, your magic meter will charge. You then let go, let go when the uh, charge is at the level you want. Of course, you can only charge it up as far as you have blocks in the meter, so if you only have four blocks, you can't charge it any further. It's a decent addition, although it's unfortunate that it's the only real new one in the game. Also, much like the first game, you can jump on and ride various beasts which have various abilities to make fighting off enemies much easier. The bonus stage uh, between levels also returns, although this time around it's wizards you're slapping about for those extra bits of magic. Despite its similarity to the original, I do feel Golden Axe 2 was in fairly judged because of it. Yes, the original is still better, but I still find this a fun game. The graphics are quite decent and the soundtrack is excellent. Nothing could ever compare to the legendary music of the original, of course, but the tunes here are nonetheless of a very high quality. It's fun to play too, though like the original it does feel a little clunky, especially when considered it was released in the same year as Streets of Rage, which really set new standards for the genre. It's not really that hard of a game either, give or take a few tricky parts and a tough final boss. However, if you like the first game, and don't mind playing a game that's identical with slightly worse, and you're after a good hour's worth of mindless fun, there's far worse out there. I think it's worth a look. Memories of Sega
Welcome back to the show, and we're joined by Chris, Ryan, and oh, there was you here on the Sega Lounge. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for, for being here. So, uh, we've talked about 2016, 2017. Um, I'd like to, you know, close off the show with, uh, with, with, with something that happened a few weeks ago. So, the Switch was, uh, you know, it was uh, you know, unveiled, it was shown to the world. People were, were able to try it and to you know go hands-on with it. Um, what are your impressions on the Nintendo Switch and what do you think Sega could do with it? Well, I, pers- I admit, I'm, I have been a bit b- sort of behind with the Switch. I'm not really 100% sure what it's all about, really. So I'm, I'm not sure what it could really mean to Sega. And... But um, I'll admit, yeah... Uh... I've actually kind of fallen out of love with Nintendo over the last few years, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, it's just nothing really been just sort of grabbed me on the, on the Wii U, and I, I think there are a few decent-looking games on the um, Switch, but nothing that isn't coming out on other consoles and at the moment, or, or at the very least, you know, like Mario and Zelda looking good. But again, I'm not actually bowled over by them you know I, 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 I'm sure they'll I know they'll do really well and I hope they do but yeah it's not really grabbed me at the moment I think mm-hmm. I'd have to say that I'm cautiously optimistic about yeah. about the Switch I mean I, I liked some of what I saw uh, during the presentation I like the fact that uh, I like the portability aspect of it I like the fact that it's going to allow you know um local multiplayer like like it like it it is going to be able to do and in a way that i thought that the wii u was going to do at first um and i was really disappointed uh just with the the gamepad and and the interaction it it ended up having with the system itself um it looks like this is kind of the iteration of of what the wii u originally was was kind of thought to to be um and so i'm excited about that Uh, i'm not so excited that it looks like nintendo's still going down the path of motion controls i'm i'm very hesitant to get on board with that because i felt like so many games were hamstrung um during the the wii era um with those motion controls when they actually would have played much much better if they were just traditionally controlled um i think some games were kind of fun uh you know pointing your, you know, the Wii U to, to play first-person shooters and, and things like that, but it ultimately, I just don't think that it, it, it worked as well as just traditional controls would have, and so I, I hope that Nintendo doesn't go down that path again. I, I'm not confident in them that they won't do that, though. That's the, that's my only, uh, not my only, but it's one of my um, several uh, kind of uh, question marks that I have about that. Um, I wasn't blown away with the uh the the offerings that they've shown especially for their their launch titles i've seen worse i think the nintendo 64 had had the all-time worst launch lineup in history with just pilot wings <laughs> and super mario 64 but I uh, like you. I, some would argue that those two games are pretty much worth more than most game most any other games really yeah um, maybe I, I i was not a fan of mario 64 to you i feel you i feel you man i feel you man yeah yeah um, it, this is not I, a, I, a popular opinion but yeah i, I feel right. you. i feel your pain yeah but i won't i won't get on board with everyone else that's that that's saying that it's it's a terrible lineup because i don't think it is I, I think um zelda looks amazing 
Um, I'm also really excited for, for Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, it's going to be coming out soon. The Bomberman game looks really, really good as well. Oh, uh, so I think Bomberman and, and Zelda are going to be my two games I'm going to pick up at launch. I've, I have it pre-ordered, so I'm going to be picking up a, a, a Switch. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I think Nintendo can do some really good things with it. We keep saying this every, you know, every generation <laughs> they're going to come out with a new console. We hope that they've learned their lessons. We hope they're going back to third parties. They they're always say they are. This time. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, just, I hope that. they finally get it right. Um, I just am not confident that they will. I really want them to. I want you know, Nintendo to. But, but you know the 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 the, the launch the launch date stuff. Uh, I, I think we should look at it as as the launch window instead of launch date because I, I think they were kind of smart with that because there's there's some big games coming out on other platforms uh, in the next few months and so they, they just release the console with Zelda I think that's enough for most Nintendo fans for people who are planning on you know pre-ordering and, and getting the, the system at launch that will probably keep them busy for a while and then if they want to try out the the motion stuff and the mini games they can they can get one to switch or like myself and apparently you um we can get bomberman that's what i'm planning on getting as well as at launch uh, that in zelda um so and then one month later you have uh, mario kart 8 if you want to buy that so it's a big game you know even if you're if you have the the Wii U version, if you want to have it on on the go on the the Switch, you can get it. Uh, then there's Splatoon two months later or something. Uh, there's Mario um, Holiday 2017. So there's Sonic Mania coming. There's Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, uh, what else? <laughs> A few more games. Uh, Project 2017. So I think you know when we look at the first few months. Of the Nintendo Switch, I think we've got a, a pretty solid, solid lineup. You know, the uh, Dragon's Trap is also going to be coming to it. They announced yeah, that. exactly. So that's exactly that's the only that's the very I should say the first console to to have a confirmed uh, yeah. release so uh -huh. far. So it's only coming that we know of to PC and and uh, the Switch mm -hmm, so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I think they were kind of smart. I'm not sure if this was planned to to you know to like this if they were you know. Um, if they can consider the, the competition and how many games would be coming out for other platforms, but I think it's kind of smart to you know build up on your lineup as the months go along instead of just you know releasing everything uh, at, at launch and then not having any games at all for you know for one year like the Wii U did. So I think it's kind of a smart move. Let's see what happens. They need to they need to go back and deliver on the IP that especially the Nintendo fans have been asking for. Like they they there needs to be a new Metroid. I mean that they can't go another <laughs> few years without announcing a new Metroid coming. Yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Oh jeez, you're gonna ask the the guy with the Nintendo. <laughs> the box. Nintendo guy. <laughs> I was wondering why you were so quiet. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm more interested in because God, I've talked this thing to death in the past uh, past month. But uh, I mean, I think it's going to be wonderful. Um, no, I mean, I I think I agree with a lot of the a lot of the concerns. You know, a lot of the um, positivity. You know that Casey was talking about. Um, the way I felt about this it, when they were kind of announcing it is like 
I was, I mean, they're, you know, they get, um, you know, obviously we have Zelda, we have Mario, Mario Kart, Splatoon, those Nintendo franchises, and then they they kind of keep going with this stuff, and they're like, hey, here's a here's a new exclusive Bomberman game, like. Here's a new exclusive Street Fighter 2 game. Here's Negoshi. Here's Suda51. Like, the whole time, I'm just like, oh my god, someone is making a game console for me. D- like, don't mention Negoshi. Don't mention Negoshi. <laughs> he gave you nothing. Uh, he gave you nothing. He gave me promises and hope. <laughs> um, F Zero, Monkey Ball, please. Um, There's a new Shin Megami Tensai game. Also yeah, Alice's work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan. Like most of my gaming is like retro systems. I have like I have a ton of old school systems hooked up. That's a lot of what I play. And the other part is mostly like JRPGs. So like this is like the system for me, even more so than like the Wii U was. I think. Um, so for me, I'm incredibly excited. I'm incredibly excited to see all the Sega support right out of the gate. Some of my favorite games in recent memory are the, um, you know, Sega 3D Classics on um, 3DS, and um, I loved what they did with like the Game Gear on 3DS Virtual Console, and uh, so I'm really excited about the potential for Virtual Console. On the Switch, um, you know, there's been those rumors from like Eurogamer about, uh, you know, GameCube games mm-hmm. on the Switch on the Virtual Console, and I think, um, you know, from a Sega perspective, I think GameCube has um, some of the best um, as far as you know Sega games go. With you know, Fantasy Star Online one and two. Don't happening this year. You never know. It's just uh, delayed. So someone, oh, someone oh. tweeted, someone tweeted uh, Dan Sheridan of Sega of Europe last week. Um, something like you said there were no news about PSO two. Uh, what about now? And he just replied, "Yeah, no news still." So. <laughs> so it's, it's still yeah, coming. It's, it's still uh, coming, but, but just don't yeah, know I mean, when. I, I was speaking more about the GameCube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. PSO one and two episodes yeah. one and two. I should say. Yeah, um, I've <laughs> given up on uh, PSO two in the West <laughs> at this point. Um, same way with like Dragon Quest ten. Um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, for me, but, uh, Sonic like Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog, amazing games as well on the, the GameCube. <laughs> Uh, silence, silence. F Zero, <laughs> Tumbleweed, um, Skies of Arcadia, Legends. There's Super Monkey Ball. There's a lot of good stuff on games. Skies of Arcadia would be so. amazing. Yeah, that that's an yeah. Like having point. that portable. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I, I think that's the major selling point. Uh, you know, and, and Nintendo are being smart enough in, in you know promoting that and hyping that as their their major selling point as well. The portability of the system, the fact that you can you know sim- seamlessly just pick it up and continue playing on the go, uh, and just you know uh, dock it and just instantly see the game on your on your TV and uh, keep playing. So that's I think the major selling point for me as well. That's why I pre-ordered it. 
which I haven't done for a console in a long time. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about having uh, Sonic Mania on the go as well. I've pre-ordered uh, the collector's edition for the PS4. Uh, mm. But I, I, I'm planning on getting the, the, the Switch version at some point as well. Because especially if the game's good, which I think it, it will be. Because, yeah. uh, you know, playing Sonic Mania on the go, having to play on the go, it, it would be amazing. And also Puyo Puyo Tetris. I'm really excited about that as I said before. But I, I think you made a good point, Ryan, when you mentioned Super Monkey Ball. You know, Super Monkey Ball would be a great addition to to the Switch catalog if they, they considered it. Um, maybe, you know, I think, as I said before, I think, um, you know, bringing back some, some classic IPs and franchises and perhaps the Switch will be or would be the best system to do so. And you know the 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 fact the fact that people can play them on the go would probably mean a lot to, to people considering uh, buying a a, a a console with Sega games. But I don't know. I don't know if they'll make the most of that. They should, but I'm not sure if they will. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, Somebody amigo, give it another <laughs> try with the motion controls, the HD rumble. Could could be could be better than the Wii, the Wii port, hopefully. Not hard like to see that. Not hard. Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it. But yeah. But but yeah. yeah. The, the, and, and the HD the HD Rumble is is a, an interesting feature as well. I'm not sure if it'll be you know like a a, a game changer, but. Mm-hmm. Maybe if if some some devs can can make it you know work and improve the the, the gaming experience, maybe it'll be another selling point. Yeah. Okay. So any any thoughts? Any other thoughts on the Switch or things you'd like to happen with Sega in 2017, guys? No, I think I pretty much touched on everything I wanted to. Yeah. So. Bayonetta 3. Hashtag save Shenwich D. Hashtag Bayonetta 3. Yes. Yes. Hashtag make Sega great again. No, no, not that. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Comic Zone 2. How about that? Comic Zone 2. We need a new Comic Zone game. Yeah. Yeah. Dragoon. Dragoon VR. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Yeah. Knights VR would be fun, too. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It would probably make everyone throw up, though. <laughs> Could you yeah, imagine? Yeah, the, the loops. <laughs> the loops. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. So uh, it's been fun. Thank you so much for coming on the Sega Lounge and for taking the time to, to be uh, here and, and, you know, just sharing your expectations uh, towards 2017. I, I think it's going to be a great year for Sega. You know, we already have Yakuza Zero and Project Eva Future Tone, so you know it's hopefully it's going to be the you know just the beginning of a great year for Sega fans. Uh, and you know, whenever you want to come back and share your thoughts on Sega and just say I hate you, Sega, uh, <laughs> feel free to. <laughs> uh, the doors to the Sega Lounge are always open for you guys. Okay, <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. And y- y- are you familiar with Shen Deridan, Ryan? 
No. No. Okay. So I, I'm gonna share a video with you when when we're done recording, and for you guys, you know, uh, wondering what what I'm on about, uh, go to YouTube.com and search for uh, Sega Central Parody, and so you'll see uh, the the new community manager at Sega of Europe called uh, Shen Deridan. And he oh, gets he gets lots of hate mail, so yeah. See how he reacts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much to Ryan, Chris, and the winner is you. Um, don't forget, by the way, since this is airing on uh, February second, don't forget to grab your uh, issue number two of Mega Visions Mac, right, Chris? That's right. That's right. So shameless plug here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll see you all soon. I'm, I'm going to leave you guys with uh, another one of um, your requests. And the second round will be right back. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. Hello, Radio Sega listeners. My name is Dylan Cornelius. I'm the creator of SegaDoes.com, the website that will one day have a review for every game ever released on a Sega console. I uh, started the website back in 2014 with the SG-1000, and I've just been working my way chronologically through the years. Um, about halfway through the Master System library now, and knee-deep in the Mega Drive slash Genesis library, and with Game Gear on the horizon, so I'm excited to, to jump into that. Um, but I just wanted to stop by Radio Sega today to highlight a couple games that maybe you've missed. Uh, a couple games that even as 
devoted Sega fans, which I know most people that listen to Radio Sega are, maybe you've missed over the years. And so uh, let's just start off with Shadow Blasters for the Genesis slash Mega Drive. It's a cheesy beat 'em up. Uh, that's really all it is. And and if you look at the if you look it up on Google, check out the <laughs> check out the awful cover. I mean, it's really bad. It's not Mega Man One bad, but it's it's on it's on its way. Um, but also look at that cover and go, well, that's hilarious because the game is hilarious. The game is it's it's fun in the way that it's not. You know, it's not good while you play it, but it's just it's so cheesy that you just have to appreciate it. Um, definitely check that one out. Another one I would recommend is Rainbow Islands for the Master System. Late era Master System game came out in '93, and um, which even for Europe and Brazil, well, maybe not Brazil, but definitely Europe, that was still a little late for the Master System games to be released there. But uh, I would definitely recommend it. It's a great port of the arcade, um, missing some features, but it looks so much better than the than the Nintendo version. The graphics have that fine Master System sheen to them. So, and then the last one I would say, this is one you can actually never play. Please ignore this game if you ever see it out and about, especially if you're a Master System collector. Fire and Forget 2. Um, it only came out in Europe because, I guess because developers Titus were based in Europe and maybe just knew America would not want to play this game. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, it's it's the worst type of racing shooter hybrid you can imagine. Uh, super hard, not fun, nasty to look at. There's just no reason to play it. Um, you can find all these reviews on SegaDoes.com, and there's plenty more. I think I've done nearly 300 reviews, if not more, by this point. Uh, I've been doing this for about three years now. So definitely check that out recently uh rejuvenated the podcast you can if you're interested in that uh myself and uh hardcore gaming 101's jeff rudd uh talk about these games and we just talk about them back and forth banter and we're still kind of getting our podcast legs if you will but you can find us over on sega do and i will be putting that on itunes as well and if you really like the site uh, and you want to support it, I have a Patreon. You can find me at patreon.com slash Dylan Cornelius. For now, thank you so much for having me on Radio Sega. And keep on playing freaking awesome Sega games. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Sega Lounge for one final time. I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's been uh, episode one of season four, and it's been a different kind of thing, so this was sort of an experiment. So let me know what you thought of this first episode of season four of the Sega Lounge. Um, also, you know, if you think we should have more segments, less segments, if you enjoyed any one of them in particular, let me know. KC at RadioSega.net or send me a private message in Discord and I'll read your comments and, you know, and just sit on them and think on about them and we'll see what happens. Um, also, if you have an idea for a different kind of segment for the Sega Lounge, you know, promoting something in the community, talking about something interesting about Sega, let me know as well. KC at RadioSega.net, send me an idea for a segment that you'd like to record, three to five minutes long tops 
uh, and it'll be played on the Sega Lounge in a future episode. If you want to make it a regular segment as well, let me let me know. Let's talk about that. Let's discuss that. And yes, yeah, so we're almost done with the episode. I hope you enjoyed the roundtable discussion. We'll have another one of those soon. But next week we'll have a guest. Uh, we'll let you know who the guest is <laughs> via our blog and social media and Discord. So keep your eyes on those. But before we go, it's time for one final surprise, one final treat. So we have our own review of Yakuza 0 on the PlayStation 4 and since Sega of Europe were kind enough to provide us with a review copy so we, we could play it and review it I think it's only fair that we talk about the game spoilers, it's awesome and so here's our review of the game The 80s, the neon signs, the crazy hairdos, the music, the chicken. Yakuza 0 takes you back in time to 1988 Kamurocho in a prequel that is as good as an entry point for newcomers as it is a love letter to longtime fans. This is Radio Sega's review of Yakuza 0 on the PlayStation 4. I'll admit it, I'm a little biased when it comes to the Yakuza series. Even though I've only played 4, 5 and Dead Souls, it quickly grew on me with its interesting story, quirky humor and over-the-top, well, everything. Yakuza 0 is a prequel to the main series and puts you in control of main protagonist Kiryu Kazuma and everyone's favorite one-eyed lunatic, Goro Majima. Yes, that Majima. Zero features what you'd expect of a prequel an origin story for both characters, crazy fights, and the weirdly funny and crazy sub-stories we've grown to love. That and both the Kamurocho and Sotenburi areas for you to explore, filled with amazing characters, stores, restaurants, and clubs. Not wanting to spoil the story, it all starts with a plot to frame Kiryu for a murder he didn't commit. As you keep playing, you realize it's all connected to the Empty Lot, a piece of land in Kamurocho that everyone seems to be interested in. Not much time passes before you're out of the Yakuza and managing a real estate company. Yes, Real Estate Manager 1988. Take that, Football Manager 2017! On the Majima side of things, the story will make sense to people who played Yakuza 4. The man with the eye patch is being punished for events related to Saitama Taiga, and his punishment is to manage a nightclub in Osaka called Cabaret Grand. Yes, Cabaret Manager 1988. At one point, both storylines intertwine as per usual, and both guys get somewhat closer to becoming what we remember from previous games: the Dragon of Dojima and the Mad Dog of Shimano. Combat in Yakuza 0 is as crazy as ever, but this time both protagonists get a few different fighting styles they can switch to at any point, which will affect what actions you can perform and what over-the-top hit finishes you can use. While this may seem a bit strange at first, I found it to be refreshing, especially when you get to breakdance as Majima to kick some biker butt. 
Roaming around the streets of Kamurocho will feel as familiar as ever to fans of the series, even though you'll find it strange not to see the ever-present Millennium Tower in the horizon. Sotenbori will also feel familiar to players of Yakuza 5, and you'll get used to the very few changes there in no time. Overall, Yakuza 0 is a very solid experience that will appeal to both newcomers and loyal fans. Don't expect it to be a graphical wonder, but everything will look a bit nicer and sharper than previous titles on the PS3. There's also the plus of being able to play some classic Sega games at the Sega high-tech land arcades, the predecessors of modern club Sega places. That and other mini-games like karaoke, disco dancing, pool and darts. There's also a place where you can watch a special kind of videos, but I'm not sure if that's for everyone. If you're wondering if Yakuza 0 is worth your time and money, it most definitely is. If you're new to the series, this is definitely the best game for you to start with. Not only from a story point of view, but also because of the superb localization process with dialogues that feel much more natural and will certainly resonate more with Western audiences. This review was based on a review copy of the game provided by Sega of Europe. There you have it folks, this was our review of Yakuza 0, this was also episode 1 of season 4 of the Sega Lounge. I'll be back next week with a, a new co-host and a new guest and we'll see what happens next week, so expect lots of awesomeness. I hope you enjoyed the show, I hope you join us again next week, don't forget to check out radiose.ga forward slash shows for our full lineup of shows of live shows next one being sega mixer drive with rexy tomorrow at 9 p.m gmt also if you're interested in any of the people who uh, helped me make this first episode of season four of the sega lounge a reality uh, in don't forget to download the podcast and look at the, the podcast notes the description you'll find links to all these amazing people so thank you to a winner with you to shedded to chris powell to ryan and to dylan cornelius of sega does i hope you enjoyed the show don't forget to check out the awesome projects by these amazing people and i'll see you all next time Bye bye
Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.